let me just start to share a few thoughts with you, okay? And uh, uh, we were talking this morning from Sister Rochelle's message that God speaks to us. And God, God actually uh, communicates with us, and he does it through his word. And he also does it through his spirit. So we want to also know that God has not stopped talking to his people. And I want to share with you about God for us. Because I think a lot of times when difficult things happen in our lives, we seem to say, God is not for me. Or we think that. Or we'll say, everything is going bad. Nothing is going good. You know, but, but, I, but, I, but I know. You know, no, that's not right. Don't give God that, but I know. Uh, talk about him uh, in the positive, in the affirmative, knowing that God loves you. And one thing that you and I know, that God will never stop loving us. And this is how we know that. You may say, but I did this, I did that. This is why you know God won't stop loving you, because he gave his son Jesus to die for you. Now, you know he will not. Anyone who will die for you loves you, all right? And, and you can say unequivocally. You know, and he, the one who knows everything it, it would not die for you, would not die for you and then change his mind about you. Yeah. God loves you. God loves you. And this message, uh, God for us, is taken out of the Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 6 and 7. I'm going to ask our, our sound booth to put them up there for us because I want you to see them. Uh, verse 6 reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it says in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. It will, there will be no end. And uh, he says to order it, to, to, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Now, he tells us that it happened uh, when, when Christ came, God established something, and it's going to continue, and we're going to see the progressive uh, reality of that as we continue to live out this life. He says, he does, he says he's going to do it from that time forward, from that time that he comes forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, there is no substitute for truth. Amen. You and I must understand that, and this is the truth of the Word of God. And this is what we must hold on to regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we are going through. We must hold on to this truth that Jesus Christ is ruling right now, not like some say, oh, he's going to come and start ruling. No, ruling. No, he's ruling right now. And not only is he ruling Paul teaches us everything visible and invisible. He is now living inside you. He lives in your heart. This is not your blood pumper, but he lives in the, the core of you. You have a core that only Jesus lives. There, The Holy Spirit is in that core, and there's no hint of sin, not a scintilla of sin there. It's where Jesus lives. Amen. 
when you come to know these things, you're not so easily shaken. I say easily shaken. I do know that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken unequivocally. You cannot shake it. But sometimes in our maturation process, in the process of maturing us, sometimes we get a little wobbly. But, so, but when you know these things, you're not easily wobbled. <laughs> you're not easily shaken. So, and as you grow in the Lord, you become less and less shakable. You become stalwart. You're able to deal with anything the enemy brings against you. The Bible says that, that God has not allowed any temptation to, to overcome you except what is coming to man. And he says the zeal of God is going to do all these things for you. He says, now when Isaiah talks about it, uh, the Christ, he says he, he was to be born a child, a son to be born, to be given to the nation of Israel, but also to all of us. He's going to rule over God's people. That's what he says. He's going to rule over God's pe people. Micah tells us in Micah 5.2. In Micah 5.2, he says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are little among the clans or the tribe of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old. And so he says he's going to come from Bethlehem, and he is going to be a ruler in Israel. And he, and he says whose coming forth is from of old. And what he's speaking of is that Jesus Christ came out of eternity. He came from, as it were, the invisible to share with us in this visible time. Jesus Christ's coming is irrefutable. Jesus Christ's coming is irrefutable for you and for me. So let us embrace that during this time and during all troubled times. Don't let difficulty get you down. Don't let trouble trouble you to where you give up hope. Amen. So the prophet tells us that he is to rule Israel, but he also, uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, Zechariah 14, verse 9 says, and the Lord will be king over all the earth. Now, not only in Israel. So I, I want to say this without harping on it, that there, there's so much misunderstanding about Israel and the churches. So much misunderstanding. There is now, there, there are not two churches. There's one church. And Jesus has come to make us one. Israel has uh, its position or place. But God has come to break down the middle wall of separation, the middle wall of partition. He has come to break down that thing and to make the two one. And so he has one covenant people. That's what God has. And he says in Zechariah, not only Israel, but and the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, on that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. On that day, on the day he, he comes to rule, the Lord will be one and his name one. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. Now listen, the government then will be upon his shoulder, and what he tells us by that is that Jesus Christ will wear the, the, the kingly robe, that Jesus Christ will be the one who leads us throughout eternity. And so he's, he will not be like 
the, the rulers that Judah had had in the earlier times, where Judah, oh, they had leaders that would stray, leaders that didn't do what they should do. Uh, and so Jesus is not going to be that kind of an uncertain leader, is what the prophet is saying. When he comes, he will be very dependable. He will govern properly. There will not be uh, those who say, well, we need to get this done. Oh, no, we need to get that done, and let's squabble over it. No, Jesus will do the right thing. He will not be an incompetent governing leader. And so Jesus is God's choice to be king over not only the world. Now, notice we've gone from Israel to the world, but Jesus is God's king to be ruler over the universe. And so the, the, the writer Isaiah says, the prophet Isaiah says, that he's going to have, uh, he names rather, four descriptive names that will reveal his character. I would like to ask a question if, if somebody had four descriptive names to reveal your character, what would they be? What would they be? If they had just watched your conduct and they say, from that conduct, I've got four things I would like to say about them. Wow. But let's, let's read these four descriptive names that will reveal his character. He says, he will be called wonderful. So he will be the nation's wonderful, that is, exceptional or distinguished counselor. There will be nobody like him. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, was a faint picture of this amazing Savior. For unto us a child is born. It's for us. Unto us a son is given. Wow. He said, but he is, and he says, go, he goes, he says to us, and his name shall or will be called wonderful counselor. Wow. So he is the exceptional or distinguished counselor. He, 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 unlike Solomon, will be able to answer all of our questions. He will be able to lead us uh, away from all confusion. But I don't think that's a time we are to be waiting on, you know, to be one. It's a time that I believe God has given us now if we will only yield to it. And, and, and this is a time that we ought to get it together. What do you say, believers? Come on. We ought to get it together here because Jesus is now ruling. It's not like he's going to come back and rule. He's ruling right now. He is ruling from heaven and where else? From our hearts. There is no difference. He is, moving, he is removing all doubts and fears. He is changing things in us every day. If Jesus is not changing you, uh, uh, then something's wrong. Yeah. Some, there's something wrong with relationship if Jesus is not changing you. Now, now, there are many of us who want Jesus to change the other person, and we're waiting until God's work is done in them. Yeah. Do you know what I think? I think there's somebody like that sitting here, and I think somebody out there is like that also. But his name reveals his character. Wonderful. is wonderful. That means exceptional, distinguished counselor. And the people will gladly listen to him as the authoritative one. So Jesus is the one who, ha who has all authority. In the kingdom, many people will be very eager to hear the Messiah's teaching. Everybody will be eager. And, and chapter 2 of, of Isaiah, verse 3 
says, he is also the mighty God. So Isaiah says that Jesus is the mighty God. Let's look in um, Isaiah 10.21. Let's put Isaiah 10.21 on there. He says, a remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to whom? The mighty God. So, so we, we say that there will be a remnant. We, in the reading um, that Sister Jadira read before the message today, she talked about many will, many will say this, many will say that, many will do this. And I'm thinking, what about all this many? You know, who is she? I mean, who is many? You know, many, 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 many. Many will do these things. Many will, will be deceived. Many will forsake. Many will do this. I'm thinking, why so many? Because they will not submit themselves unto, to the authority of God. And you don't submit yourself to the authority of God when you do your own thing in the light of God. You, you don't. You know, we don't just come to a, a day immediately where we are are found in error. We keep seeing the truth of God, but we go, nah. Yeah. And we choose something else. But there, this word remnant gives us a, an amazing secret. That means that there are many who go to church, but there's only a remnant who are doing the will of God. In which category are you? There are many who profess, but there are only a remnant who will possess. The Bible talks about this many, and you and I cannot be smug thinking that, hey, that's, that's good, that's cool, I, I'm in the many. I don't want to be in the many who are deceived. I want to be in those, the remnant of those who are not. There's always that remnant. I want you to be a part of that. And in uh, Isaiah 2 through 5, let's read that, and we will do it somewhat hurriedly. The people, in verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Now, he, uh, Isaiah sees what's going to happen 700 or so years later. It's going to see what's going to happen to Israel. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now, notice what God does. God sends uh, his son to be born in a city, Bethlehem. Bethlehem Ephrathah, the, the smallest of all the, the cities of Judah. But out of the smallest, the insignificant one, will come the one who will rule his people. And while, when Jesus begins his ministry, where does he go? He goes to the outcast. God's talking to us. I mean, God's talking to us. We have a, a Pentecostal in the house that can shout one time for me. All of us others, we, we're going to let them shout for us. Amazing, amazing. So he goes to a place, it, it was called Galilee of the Gentiles. Can you imagine? Outcast. So where? He says to him, throw it up back on the screen for me. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. So God does not go to the big people. He goes to the little people first. From the little to the big, not the big to the little. I'm so glad that God has reversed things. Hallelujah. It's amazing. I, 
I remember Brother uh, Pastor Joel's preaching once. He, he brought this out so beautifully. Yes, Lord. I will do better. He brought this out so beautifully uh, when he said that when God uh, was about to come into the earth, burst forth on the scene, he, he, he sent uh, his word by an angel to a, a little poor girl named Mary, to a man that didn't have too much, Joseph. He talked to them. When Jesus was born, he bypassed kings and governors and went and talked to shepherds. Talked to shepherds in a field. People following sheep. People who were considered outcasts. He talked to those kinds of people first. He bypassed them all. He bypassed those whom we seek audience with to be with the great ones. He bypassed them when his son was coming. Hallelujah. There was Herod. Herod the, Herod the Great, all of those guys, Herod was there. Pilate was somewhere on, on the scene. Um, uh, the Sanhedrin was there, Caiaphas and Annas. They were all there, but he didn't go to them. He went to people like us. Listen what he says. You have multiplied, verse 3, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. What is that? And they are, oh, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. So what he's saying here is that you have multiplied the nation. You have just increased, increased. So when Jesus comes, there's increase. We have made this mistake of thinking that when God comes, the increase is always monetary. That it's included. But it's not the first thing. What do we find? He ha you have increased this joy, the nation's joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. When you, when you, if you, we have anybody raised in the rural areas, in a rural area, one person. Wow. I told you, I'm going to have to, oh, a few more. <laughs> I told you, I'm going to have to get some, some, some uh, city uh, examples here. But the Bible is full of a lot of country examples. But listen what happens. He says, you know, they, 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 God increases joy like at harvest. And I've seen harvest in my childhood. And everybody's excited. You know, when you get all that corn, you know, and all those vegetables and all those peas. It's just, they haven't eaten anything yet. But they're excited. And so he says, that's what it's like when God is in the midst of a people. Come on, there's excitement in the place. When Jesus comes, he brings this kind of excitement. He says, or as they are glad. He speaks of warriors. Well, you know, you and I have been warring. We war in prayer. Uh, I love, uh, maybe I'll, later I'll have an opportunity to read Brother Luis's uh, um, testimony. When we were praying for him out there in the foyer, uh, the, uh, maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, two Sundays ago, uh, I saw him standing there, and I had said I wanted to pray for him. When I saw him, I said, hey, let's pray for you. And we had elders out there. Uh, a few that had kind of walked out there, and we prayed for him. And the power of the Holy Spirit was so evident. We prayed for him. We, we didn't, you know, kick and shout, we, but we spoke with loud and confident voices. We prayed for him. He went home, hadn't been able to sleep, had to take medicine for pain. He went home, didn't have to take any medicine, fell asleep like a baby. Been, he's, he wrote this morning to Pastor Kenneth, been doing ever, ever since. Ever, ever since. He's been doing it ever since. That's the kind of joy that should be in the camp of the Lord. Are you with me? 
Amen. And he goes on, and I'm going to draw this to a close in about two minutes. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Let me read that again. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And this is what God is telling us, that when this, boy, this child is born, when this son is given, this is the reality of us, those of us who have received him. All of our, our oppression is broken. That means that when Jesus is truly exemplified, and when Jesus is expressed, then oppression is broken. Yes, he says, the staff and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, for you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every, verse 5, for every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. So what he says is this is what God does when this wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, is born, is, has come to rule the nations. I want us to just give the Lord just a big hand uh, for his word. He, he tells us that this amazing shepherd will come from the lineage of David. This is so beautiful. He comes from the lineage of David, and he sits, as it were, on the throne of David. God told him that he would not only sit on the throne of David, that his son, we would know the Davidic king, we would know the right Davidic king, because not only would he rule Israel someday, but he will sit on God's own throne. He, the psalmist speaks of it. He will sit on God's own throne. Right now, he is seated on God's throne. Brothers and sisters, he is seated on God's throne. He is ruling the universe, and he is taking note of everything that is going on. Unto us, God. Unto us, God is for us. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. It will be called Wonderful Counselor. It will be called the Everlasting Father. will be called the Prince of Peace. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.